basketball game tonight. U of M looks to go 2-0, and uh, and they play Central Michigan. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. My name is Nick Hornberg, and uh, to go out, I will uh, provide some music uh, worthy of our uh, recently qualified Swedish friends. Good evening, and uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The show is called Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And hopefully Trump stays in Asia. We don't need him anymore. Well, he could join one of uh, Dutarde's uh, groups of thugs roaming yeah. the streets, and he could live out his fantasy of uh, how he told police to... Uh, Handle detainees. Crack yeah. a few heads. Yeah, and of course, let's give him a brain damage award for even meeting Duterte. Indeed. Uh, the Philippines uh, had some strategic value for the American uh, military during World War II. But it's been a lot of dead weight since then. And Duterte uh, has actually confessed to killing people himself. Yeah. <laughs> no shame whatsoever. Uh, the extrajudicial killings in the Philippines as part of a war on drugs, quote-unquote, are somewhere between like 3,500 and 8,000. Some human rights groups estimate it closer to 12,000. And what we're talking about here are uh, the police and paramilitary outfits dressed in costumes, disguises, masks, uh, assault uh, accoutrements a la our mass shooters here in the United States uh, who go out and summarily execute people at night. And this is occurring in a lot of the poor neighborhoods around Manila and some other uh, big cities. 
So uh, the reason that Obama did not meet Duterte uh, was because of these abuses. And, of course, if Obama wants to do something or wanted to do something, Donald Trump has to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. He's that old, I'm going to poke my finger in your eye. So uh, embarrassing is the only way to describe this. And the Philippines, like I say, have almost no strategic value to the United States. We should remember, of course, that the Philippines played a big role in the Vietnam War. Uh, the United States had a uh, major naval and air force base in the Philippines uh, that were used as a way station. Scubic Bay. To, you know, as part of our naval and uh, air operations. Uh, both in North Vietnam and in South Vietnam. Well, and it's a country, too, that has really kind of almost always been run by a dictator type. Yeah. Uh, there was a brief period there where uh, Corzine Aquino, the widow of a murdered candidate for presidency, uh, sort of a pro-democracy uh, type, uh, but her tenure sort of fumbled and floundered. Um, and, of course... Uh, the uh, very humorous, but uh, at the time, uh, terribly frightening and threatening incident that the Beatles endured in the Philippines is, tells you a lot about the way that country is run. Uh, people who are big music fans and Beatle fans particularly know about that. It's kind of bizarre how that happened. So Philippines kind of a weird country with a history of dictators. Yeah, and also, by the way, it was uh, the first country where the United States uh, was heavily involved in a counterinsurgency war. The Philippines were part of the, the beginning of the 20th century. Spanish Empire, part of our legacy of American imperialism yeah, abroad. William McKinley uh, boldly proclaimed that we were going to free the Philippines from the Spaniards and they could therefore be Christianized. Completely oblivious to the fact that Spain is largely Catholic and ditto the Philippines. So well, at least they he... were already Christianized. He'd, he'd missed out on that part of the briefing. Um, but at least he didn't tell any Bible stories <laughs> in conjunction uh, with <laughs> Jesus and Mary. I'm sure we'll get to that uh, before the program's over. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, these things become stranger and stranger <laughs> as... The year goes on. Yeah, actually, on on behalf of comedy writers everywhere, I'm going to urge the Republican Party in particular to slow it down a little bit on the crazy. There's there's too much to make fun. Jonathan Swift himself would be exasperated at the rate of ridiculosity. Yeah. That's just nonstop. This last week was, I mean, every day was a, what? Another what? Shoe drops. What? Um, yeah, I mean, my lord. Yeah, the good uh, judge Roy Moore, famous for the Ten Commandments, how many he follows, remains unclear at this point. Apparently, there is a new uh, woman in the mix who had a press conference today. We don't need to review the allegations, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you, you got to love the interview with Sean Hannity when he was uh, asked him about uh, 
the dating situation back uh, in when Roy was 30, 40 years ago today, <laughs> uh, where he said no, not what, not it was, generally. Not generally. <laughs> not generally. No. Well, how about specifically? And you know, Hannity, he, he must have a bed like in the shape of a crescent wrench because he's got to be sleeping in a toolbox. Yeah, not generally, no, Mr. Moore, Moore said. Um, you understand this was 40 years ago, Mr. Moore replied. And after my return from the military, I dated a lot of young ladies. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Roy. <laughs> uh, I don't know where this is going for the Republican Party. Uh, they're, they're having it's strategy no sessions. No good. Write-in uh, proposals the, have the been... The image of Lindsey Graham this afternoon on the television, he's always got that sort of droopy, fainting couch look on his face, but today he looked particularly exhausted. I mean, this is... Famished. It's lose, lose, lose scenario for the Republicans on this one. If he doesn't step down from, you know, he did win the primary, uh, if he doesn't step down... The polls are showing that the Democrat actually now has the lead, which was completely unexpected. Um, if he wins, then uh, people like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell are saying that he'll be expelled, which is a weird procedure that I don't know if that has ever occurred in American history. Um so any possible scenario is just no good for them. Somebody was saying on the television today, oh, well, what about uh, if people, Republicans, although strangely, Alabama Republicans seem to continue to support him, regardless of these uh, highly inappropriate behavioral uh, patterns. Um, uh, somebody said, oh, well, what about if Jeff Sessions retired from being the attorney general and could run as a write-in? Yeah. That's uh, been proposed. Yeah, I mean, sure, that's a possibility. But isn't Jeff Sessions himself in some sort of, you know, uh, difficulty regarding Mueller's investigation at some point? Well, he is. And Certainly. Of, of course, Sessions has been quoted as saying that the attorney general position is his dream job. So why would he want yeah, to give it up? Why would he retire? Exactly. So. <laughs> he has Donald Trump's full support. And, of course, uh, Roy Moore is where he is. Thanks to Cannon Bannon, who uh, interestingly was interviewed uh, this past week before the allegations came out, in which he uh, actually cited uh, Judge Moore as part of a question asked by um, journalists from uh, the New York Times on Wednesday of last week. Um, this was on unpredictable candidates. Bannon replied, and remember, it's just not me. It's played up in the media as as me. It's really about 25 of these grassroots organizations that really haven't had a voice. You saw them come together in the Judge Moore primary in Alabama, but it's about 25, all grassroots, all representing the hobbits, right? From hobbits? <laughs> Okay, let's throw in some talk. The, the people he's comparing to hobbits are 
militia types. These are the the sort of neo-Nazi clan types. Hobbits are peaceful, <laughs> loving people. They like to sing and dance. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> the, the hobbits. And, of course, listening to the... Uh, of course, Sauron's on his list of, like, all-time heroes. So what the hell does he care about hobbits? Oh, Bannon there. Jeez. Uh, he reads widely, we're told. <laughs> but not very well. I think not very thoughtfully. And, of course, this... Uh, this Well, I don't know about the grassroots... The 25 grassroots organizations. Uh, one of them apparently representing hobbits in Alabama. Uh, I don't... Know what to say, other than um, it's uh, it's rather incredible uh, to listen to Steve Bannon uh, wax nostalgically about uh, these grassroots organizations. You know, we, we've heard in recent uh, days in defense of Roy Moore. It's pretty hard to de defend the indefensible, but Sean Hannity's well at work. That's uh, uh, the Fox News Network. Um, Defending mass murder abroad, defending sexual harassment at home. Oh. Roger Ailes, Bill O'Reilly, that whole muckety-muck. That's not going to go anytime soon. We won't talk about that tonight. The books are forthcoming. Many of them, apparently, <laughs> uh, involving Roger Ailes. And I'm sure that Bill O'Reilly will get a dedication to the loofah sponge at some point. Well, now he can uh, continue in his killing series, and he can uh, take out his grudge match with uh, God on high, who he, of course, personally blamed for uh, all of his current woes. Killing the loofah. <laughs> yeah, he ought to buy an assault rifle and perform that one on TV. Might get him some votes. But the notion, by the way, that Christian evangelicals are somehow under siege— and, uh, you know, haven't uh, had a political say in our system. I find that rather amazing. Uh, they helped elect Jimmy Carter. They helped elect Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. They helped elect... George uh, W. Bush. George W. Bush. They helped elect Donald Trump. They've been running the United States of America for most of the last 30, 40 years. And uh, their version of Christianity is so narrow and restrictive uh, to, you know... Calling it uncharitable is mild. Yeah, and of course, you know, the R Judge Roy Moore supporter that got the birth of Jesus uh, story a little mixed up. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's the most bizarre interpretation of that Bible passage uh, I think anyone has ever heard. So in honor of all of the absurdities going on, I promised the limerick from last week here it is there once was a man named papadopoulos who should not be confused with milo yanopoulos the former greeted russian contacts with ecstasy the latter was into contact called pederasty neither guy will make it into annapolis <laughs> but our major components of the trump dynasty <laughs> and of course Yanniopoulos is a uh, is a free speech victim. He's he's uh, still making yeah, that so called tour uh, here at the University of Michigan. There's been a big new controversy about possibly the appearance of Richard Spencer on campus. 
I would urge the University of Michigan to refuse uh, any. Well, I think given the outcome at Charlottesville, there are ample reasons there to be sure. laid out by attorneys. Here's why this goes beyond merely presenting an opportunity for free speech. The water sewage plant uh, out on Clark Road might be an appropriate place for oh. Spencer and his minions to hold a rally. Uh, what they would have to say at this point, I don't know, but uh, I guess it will be one of those. Uh, well, they want the free speech to be able to shout fire in a crowded theater, in essence. Yeah, and of course they're targeting uh, university communities uh, deliberately, uh, particularly state universities, uh, on the grounds that we accept taxpayer money. Uh, I was reading a uh, account of the Henry Wallace 1948 campaign. He was denied all sorts of places for free speech. As he, was Paul Robeson. And he was running for president. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Roy. He'd been vice president under FDR, had served as secretary of the agriculture. He was a guy with credentials. Roy Moore, I'm sure he's working on his own memoir at this point. It's called Election Interruptus. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Ron Paul, it turns out, is in the hospital. Broken ribs. Get off my yard. <laughs> yard waste. Attacked <laughs> while on a riding mower. Well, uh, apparently he didn't headphones. hear him coming up from behind because he had headphones. I want to know what he was listening to. Was he like listening to the Little River Band greatest hits? Or maybe some air supply or some sort of rancid talk radio? Or... Of course, we don't condone uh, angry neighbors attacking well, anybody certainly. on their yeah. lawnmower. I, you know, and I, I have to give Rand Paul some credit for, hey, the guy mows his own lawn. You know, I'm sure not every week, but uh, there's probably not a lot of senators who do. No. So I got to give a guy props for that. And, of course, why he mows his own lawn, we don't know. He probably likes that riding mower. I was always amused at the story back. Sense of manly satisfaction. From the 1980s when a, a farmer in Wisconsin uh, who uh, did, no longer had a driver's license because of uh, DWI uh, decided to ride a lawnmower like 90 miles to get to the state capitol to protest something. How noble of him. Yeah, when in doubt, uh, get on that riding mower. <laughs> Keep on trucking. Um, you'd think you might have some problems in some rural areas, but I'm sure he was able to concoct a uh, a fuel uh, situation to help him out. Uh, who, of course, can forget that Donald Trump himself became a celebrity because of sex scandals and his ability mm -hmm. to manipulate the tabloids mm -hmm. in New York. Uh, he was just another real estate bum. <laughs> yeah, his divorce proceedings and various uh, flirtations were hyped pretty heavily in the New York Post and other rags. Other rags. And, of course, uh, Rupert Murdoch uh, never seems to be held to account uh, regarding anything uh, on Fox News. And I used the word... Lightly, fair and balanced, it is not. Well, it's not really news either. I mean, strictly speaking, their primary shows are opinion disguised as news. I mean, this show right here that we're doing is, in essence, opinion. Um, you know, we read and examine and analyze the news, but 
Fox positions itself theatrically as news, but it's a performative uh, stagecraft that they're doing there. Uh, it's opinion disguised as news. There's very little news on Fox News. Very little news. Um, of course, Donald Trump is always attempting to make news, even when <laughs> there isn't any to make. Uh, this latest Asian um, sojourn, I think, has to go down in American history as uh, one of the least effective presidential even, tours. Even counterproductive, I'd yeah. say. In Japan, he makes the bizarre blunder of uh, openly acknowledging, uh, well, not acknowledging because he's not that self-aware, uh, his vast ignorance. Hey, Japanese industry, why don't you build cars here instead of shipping them to us? Wouldn't that be nice? Duh. That's been happening for decades. Yeah. And then he goes to China, and after all his tough talk against China, uh, China's raping our country, he said on the campaign trail. He goes over there, and he's a complete suck-up. Oh, well, I can understand China trying to rig it so that they get the best deal. I have to respect China for, for that. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, why not just bend over and say, okay, China, I give up? I give up, and of course he loves pronouncing China. 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 And then there's the disgrace of uh, the fact that on Veterans Day, he's in Vietnam, and that's the moment where he chooses to say to the world, oh, you know, uh, I asked Putin uh, one more time if he interfered in our elections, and he says no, and he seems hurt. You know, this he seems is a, sincere. He seems sincere. I believe him when he says that. And he seems like like this is not polite of us to ask the question. And oh, by the way, you know, Russia has really suffered a lot with sanctions. Like this guy can't say anything bad about Putin. Um, but we've crossed over into bizarro world where the nominal head of the GLP is saying, yeah, you know, I really trust the Russian leader as a sincere guy who I feel a heart-to-heart -heart connection to. And our own intelligence agencies are a bunch of political hacks. This this is the Republican Party? You know, the ghost of Nixon is confused. <laughs> um, Henry, I'm turning over in my grave. But to stand there in Vietnam, basically cupping the scrotum of Vladimir Putin in his hand, right? linguistically speaking. Um, what a disgrace. What a disgrace. What a disgrace to everybody who's ever served for this country in any capacity. And, of course, his final hit, meeting Duterte. Unbelievable. Of course, uh, what's funny is on Tuesday during the day, uh, basically the time differential between us and uh, the Asian countries is about 12 hours Donald Trump was promising a big surprise. Mm. There was a big surprise. The Republicans got clobbered in Virginia. So yeah. his big surprise that he was going to announce, because he thought Gillespie was going to win, uh, the poll showed that the race was tightening a bit. Didn't happen. Then what does he do? He throws Gillespie under mm -hmm. the bus. So Gillespie's under he the— He didn't embrace me. Right. That's why he didn't win, because it's all about— me. Even though all the political experts said that Gillespie went out of his way to endorse Donald Trump's mm -hmm. positions on a variety of things, including bringing up the Confederate statues, bizarrely, um, in light of Charlottesville. Let's remember that Charlottesville is actually in Virginia. It's Thomas Jefferson's um, gift to human civilization.
the University of Virginia, one of his great accomplishments. Um, well, uh, what you also saw in Virginia was the in the face of uh, Hillary Clinton's defeat, uh, a lot of people felt like, I need to get involved. I need to get more sure. involved. And a lot of the people who won seats in the Virginia House were first-time candidates. Uh, more than half of them were women. Um, and it so- was a, it was a shellacking. And I just would like to point out that yeah, Virginia is still a uh, a kind of a light blue state, but it used to be a red state when Obama won it in two thousand and eight. It had not voted Republican since nineteen sixty four. So this transformation that's occurred in Virginia uh, is remarkable. Hillary Clinton won Virginia by five points. On Tuesday night, the Democrats got 225,000 more votes than the Republicans. Uh, So this is not a message. It's not uh, a a presaging of what's going to happen in 2008. But it was 18, 2018. But it was a big win. And by the way, Obama barely won Virginia in 2012. Hmm. So this is still a toss-up state. But I suspect that the northern Virginia suburbs that, of course, has been the key to the Democratic uh, uh, victories in the last four, three or four elections is a repudiation of Donald Trump. These are people that work for the government, by the way. Many of these people, career professionals who, you know, take their work seriously. They're bureaucrats. They're they work in the Pentagon. Um, The growth in Virginia can be attributed to the policies of Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. They're the ones that expanded the government, the government, um, as all experts can can show quite, quite clearly. Mm -hmm. So many of these jobs and Virginia has a very low unemployment rate. And uh, the winner in Virginia uh, was not afraid to denounce bigotry and some of the tactics that Ed Gillespie, who quite frankly, I think made a big mistake going in that direction. You know, he he's part of the Republican quote-unquote establishment. He, he worked uh, for Bush, W. Bush. Uh, he was the RNC chairman for a couple of years, as I recall. He's better than that. And it's, I think, sad that he actually did resort to Trump rhetoric. And for Trump to then pretend that this didn't happen is remarkable because Gillespie <laughs> said what he said. He went in the direction he went in. Um, and the, you know, this is not... A, a a tidal wave of any uh, by any means of support for the Democratic Party, but I think that it shows that getting back to the ground game, organizing, and uh, some door to door campaigning and stuff that the Democratic Party used to do a better job of back in the '60s, uh, is probably the direction uh, that they're going in. Meanwhile, the Republicans are dealing with Bannon, Judge Roy Moore. And uh, the Trumpster. The Trumpster, uh, who is just a walking dumpster fire at this point. I mean, there's really no practical value that uh, he's fulfilling for his party or even for his own agenda. 
Um, but uh, one would only hope that as we uh, enter into 2018, uh, that we will see more of these, you know, energized first time uh, participants in uh, elective politics. Uh, because what I would really like to see emphasized in the country's political races is an emphasis on the distinction between public servants, whom bu bureaucrats are, they are public servants, uh, elected officials are the most, you know, uh, recognizable uh, in, in that platform, as opposed to politicians. Because politician is somebody who's just trying to get reelected or to feather a nest. But a public servant is actually doing the work of serving the interests of the people. What's best for the country? Hey, the roads aren't great. Let's try to get the roads fixed and get some jobs out of the deal for people. That should be doable. And there are some politicians that are genuine public servants. And there are, yes. So we should always point that out. We'd also like to point out that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up next. Um, as for Judge Roy Moore's uh, dating history, stay tuned. It's getting more interesting every day. <laughs> but uh, no, not generally. What a denial. <laughs> well, how about specifically? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What we have here, to quote Struther Martin, is a failure to masturbate. <laughs> that, that can be his... Uh, his his motto, and I say that with uh, a good deal of humorous uh, <laughs> attack at well, the, what's the comedian's name, Louis? Oh, yeah. Jeez. We what, won't, an, what an idiot. Yeah, we that, won't even go there. It's, it's too messy. That's just uh, ridiculous, yeah. it's It's been a strange week. Strange week. Jerry Mack, up next here with uh, Less Strange. The, the blues will straighten it all out for us. So <laughs> yes, thank God for the blues. Thank That's... God for the blues. That's Tampa Red in the background with the Chicago Moan Blues. I'm telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name's Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues, performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. And, uh, yeah, as, as Dick mentioned, the blues is uh, the resolution sort of music feeling uh, that comes with uh, sadness, confusion, a lot of other things. Sometimes sometimes joy. Uh, but the blues all puts it in perspective for you. Anyway, this is uh, recorded in 1929 for Tampa Red, part of his collection on document, Volume 3, uh, which he shares with... Uh, his longtime partner, Georgia Tom Dorsey, on the piano, but not on this tune. But we'll listen to another tune that features Georgia Tom on the piano. And we're still into winter time uh, weather. Let's hope it continues here. Not like to think that uh, last week was our only bout with winter, and that'll go back up into the 50s. That would be bad. So even though some people 
Like warm winters, we've already had two. It's time for a cold one. And you might want a tall, cold one, too. Whatever you're doing this evening, kick back and listen to some blues for the next hour.